Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, October 7th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Military Police Corps of the U.S. Army is turning 80, and a museum at Fort Leonard Wood is celebrating. We are a professional police force. Uh, We've come a long way uh, in our history. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All takes us to the Military Police Museum and its new displays marking the anniversary in just a few minutes. Abortion rights advocates say Republican lawmakers are trying a new tactic to shut down the only abortion clinic in Missouri. The state health department has issued new rules that tighten regulations on abortion providers. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fentum reports those regulations go into effect next week. The new rules allow state health inspectors to report any violations found during routine inspections directly to state Medicaid auditors. The state could then pull Medicaid funding from the providers. Planned Parenthood's clinic in St. Louis is the only place that provides abortions in Missouri. But if it loses its funding, that could affect the organization's other locations. Bonnie Lee Gilmore is a vice president for Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis region and southwest Missouri. She says about 20 percent of the provider's patients use Medicaid. If the state pulls Medicaid funding, their insurance wouldn't be accepted at the clinics. This really is about the impact to patients in the most marginalized communities in the state. This is an attack on them. State lawmakers are meeting this week with Medicaid officials to discuss the new rules. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. A law against taxation by citation is once again before the Missouri Supreme Court. Judges have heard arguments in a case involving a 2015 law limiting how much revenue cities can generate from traffic fines and other tickets. It was one of few actions taken by state lawmakers in response to months of protests over the police shooting of Michael Brown. The law cracked down harder on Ferguson and other St. Louis County cities. The Supreme Court has already ruled it unconstitutional. That decision was reversed by a local judge, bringing the case back to the state's high court. The city of St. Louis plans to make significant progress merging the dispatch centers of its EMS fire and police operations within the next two months. City officials say the move will address a shortage of dispatchers and reduce wait times. Interim Public Safety Director Dan Isom says the delays in responding to 911 calls stem from a structural issue. There had been a problem for many years, meaning that all calls came through the police department and then had to be diverted to the fire department. And from a technology standpoint, we were on two different and still are on two different systems. Isom made those comments yesterday on St. Louis on the Air. Illinois' violent crime rate is about 7 percent above the national average. That figure is from data released last week by the FBI. As Hannah Meisel reports, Republicans in Springfield are pivoting to hitting Democrats on crime. GOP members of the Illinois Senate are introducing a package of tough-on-crime legislation unlikely to see movement in a legislature controlled by Democrats. But Republicans are strategizing around making violent crime an issue for Democrats ahead of an election year. Senator Chapin Rose, a former Champaign County prosecutor, highlighted the case of Carrie Pettigrew, who was back behind bars after being paroled in July. Two months later, he robbed a convenience store, and 10 minutes after that, he robbed a Circle K gas station and shot the clerk. He should have never been walking the streets at all. Pettigrew served 18 years of a 31-year sentence. One of the Republicans' proposals would stop prisoners convicted of crimes like Pettigrew's from getting time off their sentences. I'm Hannah Meisel. 
The Cardinals' season is over. Reyes fires, swing and a drive, deep left field. This is way back. Walk him off, Chris Taylor. That is how it sounded on the national television broadcast last night as Chris Taylor of the Dodgers hit a two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth to give Los Angeles a 3-1 decision over St. Louis in a winner-take-all wild card game. Our thanks to TBS and Major League Baseball for the audio. Here's Cardinals manager Mike Schilt after the game. Kept him at bay, kept us at bay, and then, you know, once we knew the bat, dictated the night. The Cardinals scored in the first inning but could not get a timely hit for the rest of the game to score any more runs. The team ends the 2021 season with 90 wins, including a record 17 in a row. All members of the Army's military police go to Fort Leonard Wood for training. That's why the post is also the home of the Military Police Museum. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports the museum is marking the 80th anniversary of MPs becoming a separate corps by showcasing the history of uniforms and other artifacts. One of the biggest changes in MP uniforms happened in the mid-1970s, when women were fully integrated into policing positions and not just limited to auxiliary functions. Megan McDonald is a museum specialist with the Army. She says that's when the Army got rid of skirts that women assigned to the military police had to wear. Women MPs wearing skirts while performing law enforcement duties, you know, that's not really the most practical aspect of a uniform. And so right here we have um, a green pantsuit, which debuted in the 70s, timing when women became involved. One of the first women to wear that green pantsuit was Kathy West. She was one of the initial wave that took on the full range of MP duties. She currently is the director of the MP Museum at Fort Leonard Wood and says seeing that uniform reminds her of her first assignment at Fort Leavenworth in Kansas. I wasn't greeted with hostility, but there wasn't any big enthusiasm with, yay, we have an MP officer that's a female. Um, But it was more like, what do we do with her? (laughs) Um, But I had some really uh, great leaders, and everybody adjusted. West says she's proud to have paved the way for women currently serving as MPs, but she's also grateful for those who came before her. One of them, Marvel Jews, enlisted in the Women's Auxiliary Corps during World War II. And she was serving at the WAC Training Center in Des Moines, Iowa, and she learned one of her brothers had been killed at the Battle of the Bulge. So she felt like there should be more that she could contribute and do. And a call came in for two women to be a part of an MP detachment in St. Louis at the rail terminal. And she volunteered. An exhibit of Jews' uniform and other artifacts are accompanied with her story of her experience as a woman in an all-male unit. Another visible change in the uniform started as the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War ended. With the Army scaling back on the number of troops it needed, MPs wanted to make the case that they were essential in both war and peacetime. McDonald says it was during this time that MPs saw the transition from uniforms that looked a lot like civilian police uniforms to battle dress uniforms, or BDUs, that look like more common military fatigues. And so MPs are really trying to prove, you know, their value and and their necessity in the Army as it was going through this reduction in force. And so they wanted to emphasize their combat arms expertise. And so um, they started wearing the BDU almost exclusively. During wartime, MPs process and guard prisoners of war. McDonald says some of the most popular and interesting items in the MP Museum came from when soldiers were guarding POWs for extended periods of time. 
So we have works of art by POWs that are in that case uh, that the POWs actually gave to the MPs afterwards. Um, so kind of a making a more complex um, portrayal of the relationships MPs may have in those situations. It's the dual function of peace and wartime duties that helps make military police special, according to Colonel Steve Yamashita. He's the assistant commandant of the military police school. And uh, if you just walk around the museum, you'll see uh, different eras in how we've contributed to uh, the good order and discipline of the force and to helping win America's wars. And while Yamashita is proud of MP's work during wartime, he says that's an additional benefit of the Corps. One, we are a professional police force. Uh, we've come a long way uh, in our history. A great deal amount of it is geared towards professional policing. So we are on par, if not better, than many other law enforcement organizations in the United States. The military police have evolved over the years, and that evolution will likely continue in the very near future. The Army has drawn criticism from Congress for its performance in investigating crimes against soldiers. Lieutenant General Donna Martin, the former commander of Fort Leonard Wood and provost general of the Army, told a congressional hearing in March that reforms are in progress, including stronger partnerships with local law enforcement, additional resources to investigate sexual assaults, and hiring hundreds of civilian investigators to work alongside MPs in the Criminal Investigative Division. We are seizing this moment to reform and strengthen CID. We can and we will do better. And as those changes come, they will be reflected at the MP Museum at Fort Leonard Wood. The next new display that is under development is going to highlight the criminal investigation aspects of military police throughout the years. I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.